Live. It's America's longest running talk show on computers. It's Computer America, bringing you the biggest names in technology with guest interviews, new products, and your emails. Listen live at ComputerAmerica.com on any device around the world. Email the show at live at ComputerAmerica.com or find us on social media. Be sure to check out our website for contests, giveaways, show notes, live video stream, podcasts, and more. You're listening to Computer America. Hello and welcome into the Computer America show. Just one second, folks, and there we go. Hello and welcome into the Computer America show. We are the nation's longest running, nationally syndicated radio talk show on computers and technology. I hope all of you are having a great day and uh, ready for a full hour of, uh, of Computer America. So today on the program, if uh, you didn't catch the title or you, know, you didn't catch anything about the show beforehand, well, uh, yeah, <laughs> everything's Samsung. Samsung Galaxy, Samsung Galaxy, Samsung Galaxy, because, uh, hey, if you didn't know, Samsung had a huge uh, presser where they announced their new phone, their new watch, their new uh, digital assistant for the home, think uh, Alexa-style uh, products. They had uh, a lot more besides that. So a lot of what was in the news cycle today was obviously dominated by Samsung. This tends to happen when it's uh, you know when Google has theirs or Apple or Microsoft. Uh, you know generally they try to split them up, so there's not a lot of competition. And hey, today you have exactly that. It is dominated by Samsung. So. Uh, let's see a couple of things before we get started. So we're still waiting for our guests, uh, you know, just to be completely honest and we're hoping to get them on the line and get them, uh, you know, get them up and running. But if we don't, then we will be doing computer and technology news and we will simply reschedule them, uh, you know, probably for tomorrow, nothing too extreme, but, uh, but yeah, in the meantime, uh, scheduled on the program is a company called Lucid and they make a 3D scanning technology that uses your phone and it's able to make renderings in real time of whatever it is you happen to be well scanning. So for 3D printing or just for general specs, it's uh, you know it's it's technology that was promised long ago and I was really excited to talk to them about how they were able to do it. And uh, yeah, we still will. Just in the meantime, we will be doing computer and technology news as soon as we can. So with that being said, uh, let's see a couple of things before we get started, including the show notes for today. So computeramerica.com will have the show notes. It has show notes for every single day of the week and those stay up there forever. But on the homepage, you'll see right there any articles we talk about, any videos we discuss, any products that we show. Hey, don't worry. We got you covered. It will all be linked right there. Also, be sure to check out the social media contest brought to you by Logitech and the live video stream brought to you by OWC. So all that and more at Computer America. We already have a couple of reviews in the can. We're waiting for them to be well, we're waiting for our reviews to be reviewed by the editing staff, and then we will be pushing that out. So probably next week, we're going to try to shoot for five different reviews for the five different days of the week. So be on the lookout for that and other articles and more. So uh, let's see, let's see, let's see. I think that is just about it for uh, for today. Today's morning announcements, though, again, uh, Lucid, via, uh, Lucid, they unfortunately are not showing up right now, but if they do here in the next couple of minutes, we will be sure to bring them on. But 
hey, in the meantime, we have plenty of computer and technology news to hold us over. And so why don't we go ahead and get started with that. And by the way, if anyone out there would like to join us in the chat room, twitch.tv forward slash computer America. And you can join us there, talk with myself, talk with the other viewers, and of course, ask questions or, you know, hey, give us your comments. Love to hear those because, hey, you know, live chatting, it's a bit easier than live at computeramerica.com than emailing us. Emailing is so old school. Although if you still want to do that, it's live at computeramerica.com. So, all right, let's go ahead and get started. Computer and technology news brought to you by OWC. So let's go ahead and get started. So if you're watching the video portion, this was the, or this is the website for our guests today. Uh, hopefully again, they show up and we get to talk about this as, you know, I think it would be really cool to create a database of different uh, 3D scans just using a smartphone. And uh, yeah, was really looking forward to talking with them. But in the meantime, computer and technology news, let's go ahead and get started with everything Samsung. So, we have like three or four different stories here, all revolving around Samsung and what they announced, what they showed. And if you didn't notice, there was a Samsung uh, keynote that happened earlier today. And there they showed off what's new, what's different, and what you are going to be, well, you know, kind of marketed for. So let's start off with probably the biggest, which would be the Samsung Galaxy Note 9. So the Note, if you are not familiar with the Samsung Galaxy line of phones, they have the Samsung Galaxy and then they have the Galaxy Note. Uh, both of them, very good phones. They both compete in the high-end smartphone market. Think I, you know, think iPhones and the Google Pixel. Uh, you know, they're the tippity top, the best phones you can get on the market. The Note, I would say, kind of competes in the same vein as the iPhone. Uh, you know, let's say the iPhone 8 Plus. It would be the Plus line of phones. They're bigger. They are, uh, in, you know, a lot of people describe them as just too big for your hand, but they are still much smaller than tablets. So they they kind of hit that middle ground. One thing that definitely differentiates a Samsung Galaxy Note phone from an iPhone Plus phone would be the fact that it comes with a stylus, a pen-focused uh, phone. And that's something, you know, kind of new, uh, unique to Samsung Galaxy is because you really don't think about styluses being a thing anymore. But, hey, they make it work. So, yeah, let's go ahead and, um, man, getting a call. I really hope that's not our guest. So, yeah, uh, let's see. A couple of things, including, uh, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, so a couple of things, including the fact that, uh well, they announced a new one today, and we can definitely uh, go ahead and get this thing going, saying that after more than a few leaks, including from Samsung itself, the Galaxy Note 9 is finally official, where the Samsung's new flagship is an evolution of the Note 8 that promises to never slow you down or let you down. <sighs> Which, you know, it's all marketing, because not just, uh, let's see, about a year ago, the Samsung Galaxy line of phones, and I think the Note specifically, were the ones actually exploding from the faulty battery uh, installation process. So promises to never let you down. I hope they can keep that because exploding phones were very annoying there for a number of weeks. And they had really one of the biggest recalls ever. So yeah. Anywho, they said that uh, that's according to the company. It touts a 6.4-inch end-to-end uh, screen with uh, throw some numbers at you 2960 for, uh, by 1440 screen so 2960 by 1440 that's a really good resolution when it comes to uh, you know smartphones like so that's obviously not 4k 4k is somewhere in the vein of like 3860 by uh, by like you know, 1920 or something like that, but uh, it's not 4K, but it is much higher resolution than just standard HD or even 1080p. So that's great to see 6.4 inch, again, same, uh, actually might even be a little bit bigger than the plus line of phones. So it, it's huge. Really 6.4 6 inch is huge. Like 
seven inch is like the bottom of the tablet market. So we're only, you know, tenths of an inch away from actually getting into tablet territory. Uh, let's see, a 4,000 milliamp uh, battery. So 4,000, to put that into perspective, most phones sport about a 3,500. So it should have a little bit better battery life, barring, of course, usage and uh, just how well the operating system works. They said that it promises all-day use and a minimum 128 gigabytes of storage. So 128 gigs, not half bad. Not half bad at all. Saying that there is also a 512 gigabyte version. So that's really good, especially for a smartphone. 512 gigs of storage. That will hold a lot of photos, videos, and music. So let's see. Uh, they said that with a 512 micro SD card can give you a full terabyte. So it, it can come baseline 500 gigs of data followed by another 500 gigs uh, uh, being stored within a micro SD. So there you have it. And uh, again, I kind of apologize, folks, just one second. Uh, yeah, uh, I'm sorry, folks. Uh, actually, our guest is, uh, let's see. So yeah, we're gonna go ahead and try to get our guest on. I just got a, a letter from, uh, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, we just got a text from, uh, you know, from the PR agent. Let's see if this works. So uh, just real quick, everyone, trying to get Mr. Han Jin on. Oh, so uh, Han, are, hi, Han, are you there? Oh, perfect. So, all right, uh, let me uh, switch gears here. So everyone just joining us and, uh, and Han, I apologize, uh, but uh, happy that we can get you on. So we're gonna switch gears here and just jump right into the interview. So you hear that voice, that is Mr. Han Jin. He is the CEO and co-founder of a company called Lucid. And to tell us all about what they do and how they do it and you know 3D imaging and things like that, uh, it's gonna be a lot of fun. So uh, Han, welcome on to Computer America. Again, apologize for the uh, interruption there, but, uh, but yeah, welcome on. No problem, thank you for having me. My pleasure, my pleasure. So let's, uh, let's get a bit of a background for those of us who have not heard of Lucid. Uh, you know, when did you start the company? What is a bit of your background as co-founder? Uh, were you always into technology? Uh, how, how did this whole thing get started? Sure. I mean, uh, we started in 2015. And at the beginning, we actually built our own dual camera, uh, which is a left and right camera uh, together in one package and wanted to do it for as a GoPro for virtual reality and 3D. And um, over time, we, we learned from, from the mistakes GoPro did, um, not uh, you know ignoring the mobile phone market, that we had to go that route. And now we embedded in millions and millions of mobile phones. And a lot of mobile phones now have dual cameras. So we allow them to capture 3D. Yeah, and and I guess I have to ask you the importance real quick of you know why is a dual camera, uh, you know why is that the defining feature that you really had to focus on because we've had uh, cameras in our smartphones for a long time and you know being able to catch images like this, uh, what's so unique about having two cameras as opposed to just one one camera lens or you know like that. Sure. Um, at the beginning, people didn't quite understand why cameras uh, or two cameras are sitting on your phone now. But um, it pretty much allows your phone to capture the same like a DSLR. Um, that means like you can zoom in and then uh, you still have uh, high resolution images. You can zoom out and, it, you know, you can go into wide angle. So um, uh, mobile phone makers started putting two cameras because then it gives you the option to switch between them and also to allow you to create the bokeh effect, um, which is making you know, the background blurry and then you in the front focused. But um, what we have uh, done in, uh, is to take that to the next level, which is we are using the dual cameras not to just uh, switch between left and right. We are also using them together. Um, paired up in order to create 3D because that's exactly how our human eyes function. Um, that means we see with the right and left eye and we can sense depth and 3D. And um, that can allow a dual camera to do more than just capture images um, from gesture tracking to recognizing images and faces to um, scanning even objects and seeing the entire space in 3D. Very, very cool. So. Uh, you know, in my notes here, it says that we last talked back in September 2016, a number of years ago, uh, far too long. But I actually, you know, kind of pulled up the topic that we, you know, discussed last time, which was your Lucid 
your lucid cam mainly for vr and things like that and i immediately remember the design of your camera it uh, you know it, it was very unique and i i'm glad that you were able to come back on and you are branching out just from making hardware to also you know i guess at this point making the software uh so I, and how's it been over the past 1.5 years i mean uh obviously you guys are still you know trying to trying to figure out the best way to i guess penetrate the market and really bring this to as many people as possible how uh you know just tell us how how are things going it's been going great um so we launched uh lucid cam in 2015 um on uh, crowdfunding and afterwards we brought that uh, product all the way into the market that means uh you can buy it in best buy you can buy it on amazon and um we launched it through entire retail and um the next step the logical next step for us was uh, to go into phones because phones are starting to have dual cameras as well. So um, my vision, especially when we started the company with my co-founder, we wanted to touch as many people as possible, impact as many people as possible. And now with mobile phones and our camera in the market, we are touching millions of uh, consumers and allowing them to capture 3D experiences like they see with their own eyes. And, you know, just uh, just kind of give us a quick example of a couple of, you know, like where you see VR going in the, you know, uh, with the proliferation of this technology, uh, what are you trying to displace? Because currently uh, we saw VR, the rise of VR, you know, back in 2014, back in 2015, uh, the first time that a couple of, you know, VR headsets kind of came onto the market. Uh, they were cool, they were novel, but at the same time, I don't think that a lot of people really saw the value in them in that, you know, sure, you could experience things uh, in certain ways that you couldn't do before, but at the same time, you didn't see mobs of people rushing to go buy a new VR headset and the $2,000 computer to uh, to power it. So what, uh, in, you know, just kind of in your opinion, what does technology such as yours kind of displace in our day-to-day lives? Is this, is this uh, you know, going to be revolutionizing the selfie as we know it? Is this about, uh, you know, getting accurate things for, uh, you know, businesses, uh, businesses to sell products? What are you trying to displace with, uh, you know, with Lucid? Sure. I mean, from the beginning, our vision was to allow cameras, normal cameras, um, to to have the same capabilities like our eyes have. Because um, our premise was, if cameras could see the world like we do, uh, then they have more information about the world and about us, and being able to serve us um, from from a device perspective much better. Um, that means like it differentiates between like a camera seeing you and then being able to you know recommend you a, a very similar clothes which you have on to you know, adding depth and 3D where the camera starts understanding, oh, you need that size, you need that fit, you need that style, you want that shape, and then giving you the perfect recommendation, right? And so we believe bringing this kind of technology into more dual cameras as they are starting to adopt not just on mobile phones since iPhone 7, but also like on drones and robots and on cars and anything right now, um, the additional information which is hidden in the third layer, uh, which is in the third dimension, is very, very important to be able to serve us better, um, which means uh, robots will be able to recognize, uh, ro- robot will be able to um, help us in, in day-to-day activities, and um, mobile phones and every device pretty much is a robot because it thinks by itself, it's, it's smart, and it provides, with, uh, provides us with all kind of information, which allows our life to be um, you know, more convenient and better in the long, uh, in the long run. So tell us about how accurate you know having these dual uh, you know dual cameras you know can really be because uh, in a lot of smartphones obviously they're built right next to each other one to one you know it can certainly add a lot of data but at the same time when you scan an object you know we've seen a couple times on the show where you know they ask you to take it from different vantage points or sometimes they have like a little stand that will hold a camera and kind of spin it around an object. So it gets it from all angles. Um, when you talk about multiple cameras for you know for VR, for robotics, for drones, um, how how important is it to have you know these dual cameras that we're talking about as opposed to maybe two cameras from two separate uh, devices and then combining the data after the fact? 
Interesting. So um, I, I would say the question, you know, I, I would maybe revert even the question to you, like how, um, you know, how well can you perceive the environment when you hold one of your eyes closed? Right. And so, yeah. you know, like that, that, that's exactly the question like consumers should ask themselves. Right. Um, if I hold my eyes closed, can I still drive cars? Can I still run around and not bump into like tables and, and objects and whatever? And so, you know, um, uh, the same question is when you have two separate devices, which each of them have only one camera, mm -hmm. uh, doesn't allow them to see the depth or, or you know, the accuracy in terms of um, perceived environment um, as close as how it, how it actually looks like. With two cameras now, you, you are getting to, to the accuracy of uh, how human eyes can perceive. And we have been able to use our eyes in a very, very impressive way um, from, you know, if you look at baseball players who can hit like very fast moving objects with a very small racket, um, those kind of things uh, need like a precision of 99% and above. And that's something which we can achieve as well. And and that's something which the market is struggling with. But um, uh, because, you know, they are using like uh, emission based uh, uh, device uh, technology in order to solve that problem, like structured light systems or LIDAR systems. And those kind of systems are all very expensive and bulky and big um, to be able to shrink that into a smaller, uh, to be able to put that into a nice form factor and being able to leverage that into um, like thousands of devices while the cost is still low. I think that's the main pain point our technology can solve as a pure software solution. Right. And, you know, just to, uh, you know, j just to be clear, a lot of systems that we see, uh, you know, by putting multiple cameras in, uh, into them, uh, you know, we see it mainly with cars that do have cameras all over them. They're using them as like a second line of defense. Like, you know, they may rely on LIDAR or one of these other systems, but then they double check like your uh, you know your technology and you know the cameras that that uh, that you're talking about can be used in conjunction like yes they can replace and yes they are much more affordable but if you combine them with other systems then you know hey instead of it being checked twice it's being checked three times which is infinitely better exactly that's that's exactly the impact we can do that so, and, you know, through Lucid, by the way, everyone, lucidinside.com, that's uh, the website that we're kind of pulling things from today. And we, of course, have a link to that in the show notes. But um, my question is, you know, and this was also with Lucidcam before, and I see Lucid now, uh, you know, either through industry or just general consumers making, uh, you know, making scans and things like that. User-generated content. Um, we're heading into a future where I think VR regardless of its uh, adoption rate you know for consumers i think in businesses it's already having a major impact like for training purposes and so much more uh, it vr has found its niche and now that niche just needs to keep on growing uh where does user generated content kind of come into this why is it so important for you know for lucid to i guess give anyone the ability to make scans like this um, I, I think, you know, um, especially if you look into the verticals which VR has penetrated, um, I, I believe the consumer space is still very open and um, not much adoption in terms of VR. And there are mul multiple struggles going on from wearing a headset for too long to, you know, not being having a device which allows you to capture um, 3D or, or um, different experiences. And so um, with more and more user-generated content, um, consumer adoption can can come a long way because now the consumers are advocating their own content and that's pretty much how digital photography has really taken off right when gopro came out it, it was popular because uh, gopro was taken by consumers to take uh, videos and pictures and then post it on youtube and that's you know why more gopro sold and so we believe you know in order for for an industry like vr to take off something similar has to happen too and I, I, let's see, there's one field that um, I think in good company and on a show like this, you can't really talk about that VR is really taking, uh, you know, really taking hold. But, uh, but I think VR for things like video games, I mean, video games are a very simple, uh, you know, kind of application that you can use VR where if you like, let's say a flight simulator, uh, you know, it, it's it's a very easy kind of tech demo-y way to emphasize the fact that, you know, you aren't just looking left and right on a computer screen, like you physically turn your body if you want to, you know, kind of look behind you. It's, uh, you know, just those kinds of applications that 
I think break us from what we're used to that you know we're looking at a screen which is two dimensions in itself and everything is displayed right there and having data completely surround us that's different that's new and i guess my question for you would be what are some of the best applications for that because you know you mentioned different verticals uh entertainment has limited value because um i'm sure you know better than most VR, while it is fun and it's very engrossing, it's also very tiring. I, I have yet to met, meet a person who really enjoyed doing VR for more than six hours straight. It's, uh, it's, it's much harder than it is just sitting down watching Netflix. Um, what, are some, you know, what are some of the best applications for VR in the future? For sure, I think um, for you know uh, one of the problems about um, 360 video why it makes you tiring is because it it forces you to move, so you are spinning around all the time. It's not necessarily something which um, normal consumers would enjoy, especially as we watch Netflix just by relaxing and just uh, sitting on a couch or something like that. Um, I I do think though that uh, the new new way of storytelling, which is in in an immersive space uh, which surrounds you, is uh, compelling. And so that means like uh, versus a framed um, image capture or video capture, like uh, still sitting up front and seeing to, you know, seeing what's going on, which surrounds you is something which changes the way we consume content and which uh, we experience content. And so um, we started betting very early in 2015 on VR 180, uh, which is now, um, you know, adopted by Google, Lenovo, LG, uh, you know, lots and lots of companies are starting to come up with their VR 180 cameras as well three years later after we started. And, and that's an experience where you do need uh, do not need to uh, turn around or spin around or, or exhaust yourself. Uh, but it's all about just sitting down, experiencing it, and it still feels like it's surrounding you. Uh, yeah, and I've I've definitely experienced that as well, and uh, you know just just kind of knowing that there there are limits that something's not gonna you know you're not gonna miss something behind your head is um, you know kind of comforting in a way that you can still get everything that they're trying to show you. So and you know kind of uh, also on top of that, what other industries and, and really I'm asking this, but I'm really thinking about one in particular, uh, which is 3D printing. 3D scans are super helpful for other industries and being able to capture things in 3D and, you know, accurately, not just, uh, you know, some kind of weird extruded uh, version of that object How, or well, let's see, there's 3D printing, there's, uh, you know, making things uh, in virtual reality, uh, getting accurate scans. Is that something that you're hoping to do is, you know, that Lucid is going to be the way that you scan, let's say, you want to put your room into, uh, or uh, better yet, uh, you're trying to sell your house and you want to take accurate 3D scans of a room so that people can do kind of like 360 video or like Google Street View or something like that. But you want that, but you want the dimensions to be somewhat lifelike. Is that something that you're hoping to do as well, or, or just how how important is accuracy when it comes to these scans? No, accuracy is very important, and I think accuracy is something which uh, develops over time. That means like the more you scan, the more you capture, the better our software learns and improves over time. And so um, for us, right now, it's it's the beginning of something which we believe will uh, impact the industry way more. And so when you talk about like scanning the room and, and um, being able to look around, we are thinking actually one step further, which is scanning the room and taking it apart. Uh, and putting new furniture in and, uh, you know, redesigning the entire space, uh, seeing how it looks like, uh, imagining and, you know, without all the cost which is involved um, for a consumer to, you know, buy the furniture, drive it home, uh, set it up, uh, doesn't look good, bring it back to Ikea. Right. Yeah, right. No. And uh, and obviously, uh, I, Ikea and many, many other places would uh, enjoy that as well, because I'm sure a lot of that decision making, uh, you know, that a lot of the process that you described is exactly how it goes down. It's like, will this even fit in my room? Now you can, you know, kind of get a representation of, yes, it will. No, it won't. Um, and and even beyond that, I was uh, let's see, I just had one where I was going to ask you about. Um, Wow, that completely just you know flew out of my mind. So no worries. Yeah, and and uh, you know because my mind is going a couple of different directions. But let's talk about um, the hydrogen one phone. So uh, you know because we we were a little bit late getting this interview started, which again I apologize, but 
we were just talking about the Samsung phone, the Samsung Galaxy Note 9 that was just announced. Uh, we'll also have a dual camera. And, you know, new phones, they're, they're getting better all the time. So, actually, I just recalled. Scratch all that. AI. Uh, I'm, I'm reading on your site, Lucid Inside. There's AI in a couple different places, artificial intelligence, machine learning. They're as much buzzwords as anything else. And I think that you can shoehorn AI into a lot of places where it doesn't make sense. But I think that 3D, you know, 3D imaging and, as you said, improving over time, that's somewhere where machine learning really does shine. So we're about to head off into break. Uh, and Han, if you don't mind, uh, we're going to come back from break but and continue talking. But uh, when we come back, I want to ask you about how you and Lucid are utilizing machine learning in your product. For sure. Happy right. to. Perfect. So everyone stay tuned. More Computer America. I swear we're going to get it together. And uh, everyone, more Computer America, more Lucid right after the break. Everyone stay tuned. Greece is cheap. But the airfare costs a fortune. Paris? Not much closer. And again, airfare. What about Puerto Vallarta? Let's face it. Flying anywhere is just too expensive. Wait, what's this? low-cost airlines with one call to low-cost airlines you'll drastically slash your travel costs we're talking insanely low airline prices to any of your favorite destinations where would you like to go london rome costa rica australia wow that's cheap so why wait call now to learn how crazy cheap it is to fly anywhere in the u.s or international our prices are so low we can't publish them the only way to get them is to call to instantly hear the most amazing best deals on airline travel it's that easy so call now and start packing 800-215-4461 800-215-4461 800-215-4461 that's 800-215-4461 we are all brother wolf 10 years ago a group of locals banded together to create positive change we took animals into our homes, held adoption events at local retailers, and talked to the community about our mission to help build a no-kill Asheville. A decade later, we have achieved so many victories for animals in need. There's been so much progress, yet there's still so much to do. As part of our year-long celebration, we encourage you to become a member of our special Compassionate Circle program. With a monthly donation of $10 or more, you will have behind-the-scenes access to the work we are doing at Brother Wolf. Our goal is to reach 1,000 members because we receive no government funding. Working together, we can help build and sustain no-kill communities. Learn more at CompassionateCircle.BWAR.org. We are a 501c3 tax-deductible organization. And welcome back to the Computer America Show. We are 32 minutes past the hour, and if you miss any part of today's interview so far, uh, please feel free to check us out wherever podcasts are heard, and you can uh, download today's show in its entirety on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, uh, and many, many more places. So uh, we're talking to Mr. Han Jin, and he is the CEO and co-founder of Lucid. Talked to them a couple of years ago about their Lucid, uh, their Lucid Cam, and you know, really breaking into the VR space and you know, making making VR content was also very expensive, but uh, that's starting to change luckily. And now we are heading into, I guess, kind of a new phase where you know, any any dual camera phone can become a content creation device. Which is going to be, you know, hugely important if VR is going if VR is going to take off, or at least when it does, being you know being able to make content for it is going to be supremely important. So, uh, Han, again, thank you for continuing on with us. And as I said before the break, uh, artificial intelligence, machine learning, whatever you want to call it, uh, it's the process of feeding massive amounts of data into a you know into software that will you know, eventually learn and it will adapt and make things easier or it will uh, you know, make things smoother, whatever. That's, that's the question for you. How are you utilizing artificial intelligence with Lucid? 
eyes function is actually not just because we have great eyes. Um, we realize that we have actually very cra crappy eyes. Uh, so what we see on the left and the right side is a very uh, fuzzy image uh, which comes into our brain. But then, like, um, how can we operate, you know, how can we drive a fast-moving car? How can we um, catch fast-moving objects? And how can we be, like, professional baseball players um, hitting very small, fast-moving um, balls? Uh, those kind of questions were um, imminent at the beginning when we started the company because we didn't believe that um, just because of our eyes we're able to do that, but there must be more happening in our brain. And so we started analyzing what is actually essential for human vision to function as well as we actually have it. And we came up with the fact that, number one, we have been watching and seeing things for years. Since we first opened our eyes, we started seeing things. And that helps us train and memorize how, you know, like, for example, a chair looks like, how chair, a big a chair is, and how, you know, how fa fast cars move, how fast a ball rolls. You know, those kind of things are all based on memory. That means, like, for us on the tech side, if you uh, translate that, that means there must be a lot of data which we have to feed the AI to become as good as our human eyes. Number two is we have two eyes, right? And they are both coming in, and not everybody is as good. That means, like, you know, um, normal consumers versus a professional athlete, um, they probably can't perform the same task. That means, like, our vision also comes from training, right? Uh, so the professional athletes are more trained. That's why they can operate uh, better and they can hit balls better mm -hmm. versus a normal consumer who doesn't. And so uh, we learned that we got to train it in the right way. That means we can't just have memory, but we have to leverage the memory to train the algorithm to be able to, to perform and to enhance uh, the depth sensing and the 3D effect, uh, the 3D you know, understanding of the environment. And then the last part is really about how do you merge between left and right. It's not just having two images coming from the left and right. Our brain does way more than that. That means like if you fall down and uh, you guys, uh, your eyes got hurt and, and you can open one only half, the other one full, your brain adjusts to that. Uh, your brain is very smart around it. And those additional you know, improvements we have built all into our AI algorithm in order to enhance the depth capture and the 3D capture. And and, and that, those are all ways that uh, you know that you are using AI. And by the way, we're you know kind of looking at some of the photos that you have here on your website. And I really like this one that you put up. Of uh, looks like you know just a general office space, and there's a lot of desks and computers and people sitting at them. And it it's covered with these little dots, these little pinpoints that are either mm -hmm. green or orange. Um, you know, I'm sure that you know which photo I'm talking about. And I like that one because it really shows. That, you know, to a person that would, you know, it's pretty easy to pick out that that's a desk, that someone's sitting behind the desk and blah, blah, blah. But for a single camera, you know, that would just be a flat image. You know, uh, it is what it is. They don't know there are things behind there. But you're, you know, with all these dots that are being displayed in the photo, you can really see where, you know, I guess the orange would be the background, things that are behind objects, the uh, the green dots would be the foreground, things that are in front of other objects. And you start to see that, you know, while the dots aren't all perfectly placed, it does show that, you know, it's it's learning what, uh, what behind an object means. It's it's very intuitive for a person, but I guess for a robot, that's that's new territory. That's exactly right. So very, very cool. Love to see it. And, you know, robotics makes perfect sense. I see here you're also doing it for... Uh, laptops, gaming, obviously, you know, we're streaming this live on, on Twitch. And this was a technology that was promised by, I think Intel was the first one that we've really talked, uh, you know, talked about. It was like Intel's uh, RealSense, and I think Logitech also worked with them on it. But the ability to, to identify a person, you know, what is the person, and then completely blank out or, you know, kind of chroma key, green screen, whatever you want to call it, uh, remove the background from an individual. Uh, the technology, I don't think, ever really worked that well. Looks like you're trying to do something, uh, you know, in the same vein where you identify the person, but all the extra stuff that, you know, really isn't necessary for what you want to capture gets removed. Um, you know, talk about, uh, you know, talk about this software and what you're doing with, uh, you know, background removal, facial recognition, which can also be used for security purposes. 
and uh, you know again kind of face capture. For sure. I mean, like um, you, you are completely right with the Intel RealSense. Um, that was a very good approach uh, to to addressing those kind of issues. And I think um, since then, a lot of stuff came out from depth sensors to structured light systems to time of flight systems, and um, all of those systems are very, very accurate and great. Um, for us, what we ask ourselves is like, um, you know. Um, from a human perspective, we are not, you know, those depth sensors and those uh, structured light or time of flight systems, what they do, they shoot out lasers and then they collect with the sensor and read the lasers or the dots, right? That's, uh, for example, how your facial recognition functions on the iPhone. They uh, pretty much throw out like 10,000 dots on your face and then they read off the dots and recognize it's you. Um, we were just wondering, like, if, you know, if we human beings can still recognize faces, but we are not shooting dots, is it possible to solve that with pure software? And that's how our approach pretty came, because we are hardware independent. Um, now, you can use dual cameras in, in any baseline, like um, no matter how far they are away from each other, and um, we can still apply our technology to it. And that's pretty much when, um, when it becomes more interesting because now we are getting closer to a norm, uh, how a normal human being, uh, like human vision actually functions, um, going away from more like technical and, and more like hardware-driven vision, which has been dominating the market for the last couple of years. Yeah, it, yeah, it certainly has. And, it's, uh, and we still hear stories about you know, that it's a very... Uh, conflicting technology because in some in some instances it works beautifully we you know it uh, works very quickly and you know it's great when it does that but in others we see instances of you know uh, multiple people's face just are just similar enough that uh, the data points that are collected are you know just enough that it opens up for any for anyone with a similar face style as you we've seen it where uh, photos of people are still mistaken for you know non-photos which i think is a you know is part of what your technology would really solve which is you know you can do face you know facial recognition where you know kind of it unlocks your phone but these phones are still tricked by the fact that hey you can hold up a photo that you printed out off of facebook and the phone will still open up for that printed off face, which they really can't solve. That's correct. And uh, we believe that AI is, uh, you know, what's going to define the future of how technology is going to function. And at the end of the day, what you want to do is uh, break it down into the most, um, you know, fundamental hardware components you need and then solve everything as much as possible with software. And that's what AI will be able to enable. So tell us real quick. So and and this was uh, you know when, when I had that uh, you know that that, uh, that that little part where I forgot what I was going to say, but we were about to get into the Hydrogen One phone. It's a very very cool phone by Red. Red makes a lot of the uh, high quality you know uh, movie and film kind of cameras. They're used to making devices that are you know sixty seventy hundred two hundred thousand dollars. Uh, with the most cutting edge stuff that you can possibly put into, you know, into a digital camera. And now they are claiming that they're, I think they were pushed back to like November or something like that, but they're claiming that they're going to come out with a phone. I'm still hoping that that's the case, but the hydrogen one phone, and it has a lot of different uh, features that are unique to it. One of them being the, uh, the development of a holographic display. So tell us real quick, what is a holographic display? How is that different from a regular display on a phone? And why is that important to come out with? And how is it important in relation to VR? Sure. Um, a holographic display, and especially the one which Red is using, um, allows you to see with your naked eye without any headset um, how depth and 3D can be displayed. And um, uh, there has nothing been done before which is similar because the only experience you ever had or of, of you know um of a previous 3d experiences was when you put glasses on you go to the movie theater and then you can see that you know coming out of the out of the screen right and so with a uh, red's phone you will be able to see that without anything you don't need a headset you don't need to wear glasses you just need to look at the screen and it doesn't even matter from which angle you look at the screen you know, there can be like 10 people looking at it. There can be one person looking at it and they will all have the same experience like it's coming out of the screen. 
And so that's why it, it's it's a very impressive product. Uh, we are we have been working on it for the last uh, year and a half, and it's it's um, something which we, you know, we believe that it will solve a lot of problems in the VR AR industry, because as you know before, you know um, VR headsets and uh, AR headsets it's really hard to wear for people because they don't want to. It's exhausting to have that clunky thing on for hours and hours. Mm-hmm. With this one. It's just the same like your own phone, but you don't need to wear anything. Right. And I I really am excited to see what they can do with it because we've seen glasses 3D, which I'm not claiming that this is, um, but we've seen that it can cause all number of you know disorientation effects and things like that. And, you know, if you aren't looking at it from exactly the right angle, uh, the effect can be, uh, you know, kind of not that useful for people looking at it off axis. Um you know, we just showed kind of the demo there that they're, you know, kind of pushing. And I hope that it gets to that point. But a big part of that is something that we mentioned earlier, which is accurate scans. You know, if you scan, let's say, a cup, a cup is going to be, you know, if a cup is oval shaped, your brain's going to go, that's the worst looking cup I've ever seen. So I guess accurate scans come, you know, come full circle. And I guess just having accurate data is going to be crucial for not just VR, but holographic displays. For sure. For sure. I mean, like the capture part, that's the most important thing, because the thing is, like, if you have only a display, but you have no content at all to consume on it, then adoption will be hard as well. Right. Absolutely. And hey, you know, we're fast heading to the ideal circumstance of, you know, the uh, the Tony Stark Iron Man kind of thing where you can pull things apart and, uh, you know, manipulate the holograms in real time. So, uh, see, you know, seems completely unrealistic, but hey, that's what you're working on. So talk about, uh, and let's see, I think this is a term here that uh, is exclusive to you, 3D fusion technology. What is that? And uh, yeah. Um, that's correct. So uh, 3D fusion technology, what it means for us is that you fuse multiple amounts of data into um, into one certain perception um, that means like if you have multiple cameras or multiple sensors multiple you know input uh, scenarios like how our you know like how human vision actually functions like we have our ears we have our eyes we have um, sound input with uh, and we have like uh, you know our brain balance out you know that that's something that we have so many inputs which allows us to operate and, and move in, in the space which we live in um, the same stuff can happen to generate the best 3D. That means, like, if you have many imp- uh, data inputs from, you know, from the accelerometer, uh, from the IMU, from uh, the two cameras, and then you fuse that all together, you can probably create the best 3D experience which ever uh, anybody has ever seen. Uh, and hey, that's going to be very important. So, and and really, you know, just over the course of this interview, it really seems like you're hoping that 3D isn't something that, you know, you sit in a chair wearing a headset and you swivel around experiencing it. You're hoping that, you know, kind of VR, 3D, all this, you know, or even uh, augmented reality, I guess I should say as well, this all happens, uh, you know, either in real time, you create the content yourself. Instead of taking a, you know, a photo of your family at the park, you capture, you know, kind of a 3D uh I guess, moving image or even just like a 3D uh, rendering of your family at the park that you can kind of catch it from different angles and see what's going on. Uh, you, re- you, know, you, you're, you really seem to be pushing the idea that this isn't something that you're developing for a new platform. This is something that will replace what we currently do in our day-to-day. That's correct. So um, for us, you know, we, we know that the market has been moving slower and um, 3D and VR, AR has been around for for decades, right? It's not like something completely new. But the thing is like the technology is starting to get there where it, it starts to make sense for a lot of different applications and especially for a consumer adoption. And so we can't, you know, I, I don't know if you watched that movie, but um, uh, Ready Player One, right? Mm-hmm. right. Um, we, can't, we can't imagine a future without that. Um, and maybe that's just sounds crazy out of my, you know, coming from me, but I really can't imagine that a VR AR won't be there in the future. 
I can imagine that a lot of stuff won't be there, which we are building on at this point in, in, in the Silicon Valley. But um, like VR and AR can be a very crucial part. And, and especially through the movie, we have just uh, learned so much that um, what it can impact and how it can impact our lives. And so we do believe that technology gets recycled and it goes through cycles, multiple cycles, until the technology uh, is ready. And we feel like, especially with uh, the chip performance um, getting better and better, with the devices getting stronger and better, with the batteries getting better and better, that, um, you know, like the, uh, the five senses which humans have, that's how the experience should be shaped around. And VR and AR is exactly, exactly dra- uh, addressing that. Right. And in the future, it will be still around, but the technology will be there to carry it and being able to make it more consumable for for people like us. So great points. The main thing I pulled away from that is that next you are developing a camera that will capture smell. And that's scary. (laughs) That would be awesome. (laughs) Well, and uh, but it's, uh, you know, vision, I think, is obviously the place that you want to start. Uh, Save the smell of vision for later. But. Uh, I, you know, through a couple of biology courses I've, I've taken, I know that I think it's like the amount of information that we gather from the world around us, 70% of it is vision. Uh, as, as uh, you know, for, for better or worse, we are very visual-minded, uh, you know, individuals, creatures, whatever you want to say. And if you get the, you know, where we rely so much on vision that if that is uh, accurate, then you can trick your other senses into uh into believing what your eyes see because if your eyes see it then your other senses will kind of cope and say well let's rely on what we're seeing to you know to be true so and you know uh, before we say goodbye you know and i apologize but this is very interesting so uh you know hey kind of kept you long but um red you know we, we just talked about the the hydrogen phone camera uh again really looking forward to it it's in a sea of you know Samsung Galaxy Note nines and iPhone tens and uh, you know Google Pixel twos, like in in a sea of cameras or phones that are uh, just iter- you know just iterations upon one another, to see a new camera with a different uh, you know with a different goal kind of come into the marketplace is exciting in its own right. But what you are talking about software wise that you know that kind of play very nicely with what red is envisioning. Um, tell us about your partnership. I mean, where, where are you hoping to take this? Where, uh, you know, is it, are you hoping to turn the new red camera into your primary content creation platform? Or is it simply about getting data for your AI to make, you know, this whole thing better? Uh, what are the perks of your partnership with red? Um, for sure. I mean, like, um, I, I think the timing of Red's phone is brilliant. Um, we, we are now in a time where, you know, um, Apple brings out new phones, but is it very necessary for you to actually upgrade? And over the last couple of years, upgrading was only based on a better camera, right? It has more megapixels. Now you're going to upgrade from iPhone 5 to iPhone 6. And um, since iPhone 6, I haven't seen much which convinced me to upgrade to the next phone. Right. Even even like the new AR features, um, it didn't very convince me. But um, but taking the camera as the megapixel race is pretty much over, right? Um, now we have, I don't know, cameras of 20 megapixel, 25 megapixel. We don't really see a difference until you put it on a huge screen. But who puts their images on a huge screen, right? They still watch it on their phone. And so uh, when RED came out with that holographic display and then being able to take the camera to a 3D capture... That's where, um, you know, a new approach to the market is coming at the right time. And at a time where innovation is lacking, um, like the prices are dropping, margins are shrinking, and and the phone makers are, are frustrated in finding ways how to make people buy more phones or the newest phone, I think Red is going at it with a very, very different approach. And that's what uh, what is innovation and disruption looking like for me. You know, and, and and you know, just some as someone who reports on this, follows it, sees the trends, uh, I'm getting frustrated by the fact that, you know, I, and as much as I like what Samsung's doing, I like what iPhone is doing. Uh, you know, been bouncing between those two for a long time. The the latest Samsung Galaxy Note, whatever uh, nine, is starting at a thousand dollars. The iPhone ten was one of the first phones to break that one thousand dollar barrier. And, you know, more to your point, 
they are you know no, no real innovation they are a little bit better cameras a little bit better screens a little bit bigger batteries and all that together means that you pay an extra 150 200 dollars uh there's nothing really saying hey this is you know this is the newest thing that you really need to have uh red is certainly doing that i can't wait to see what they actually come out with but uh, you know one last question before we say goodbye but uh, looking to the future, uh, Lucid, you guys are obviously working on cutting-edge technology, hardware, software side. What are some of the innovations that you're looking forward to? Because you said that the megapixel race is over, so I can't really say that uh, you know higher fidelity cameras are all that important. But what's going to push VR or 3D or holographic into people's lives? Is it is it better data storage so that they can store bigger files? Is it uh, faster internet speed so that they can stream this content better? Is it uh, you know better battery life so that they can actually you know watch it without killing things? Um, what technology is really gonna? Are you really looking forward to? Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of them, and we need all of them to have this function. But um, for us, I think what's most uh, impressive is that uh, software is taking the next or bringing the cameras to the next stage, um, which means um, in, uh, like software-enhanced cameras will be able in the future to do more than just capture images, and that's what we are most excited about. Makes perfect sense. So I'll uh, I'll go ahead and let you have the last word. And uh, if people want to find out more about what you're doing and uh, if they want to see for themselves, what's the best place to get more information? Um, the best place to get more information is to go to lucid uh, lucidinsight.com and uh, check out what we have been up to with our technology. Where we are going into robots, into laptops, into um, uh, tablets and mobile phones. And there are so many more applications because a lot of other devices are starting to adopt dual cameras. And depth is clearly a, one of the information which we as humans already have, but devices don't. And so we believe that's the next stage of camera technology. All right. So, and uh, and by the way, everyone, we have a link to uh, Lucid Inside, and we'll throw up, uh, you know, and we'll throw up the uh, the Lucid Cam as well, just for a reminder. But uh, but Han, uh, hey, I'm glad that we were able to get you on. Always uh, always a lot of fun to talk to you, and I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, you know what you and Red and everyone else is doing in this field. So, thank you for coming on to Computer America. Thank you so much. Our pleasure. Hope to talk soon. Yep, absolutely. And ha and have a great day. You too. Bye. All right, bye bye. All right, everyone. So there we go, uh, Mr. Han uh, Hanjin, and he is the CEO and co-founder of Lucid. Always great conversation with him, and uh, and yeah, I, I, you know, this is a field that it has not taken off, uh, you know, the way that we wanted to. Even a number of years ago, we said that uh, VR was going to be the next big thing. Everyone was going to have a computer and a VR headset. Uh, not quite to that point, but we still see the potential in the technology. And uh, it's always interesting to see, you know, kind of what's new. Because even three years ago, what we're talking about today was, uh, you know, wasn't really a thing. You know, be that a combination of, uh, you know, artificial intelligence and better cameras and stuff like that. Um, you know, it, it's just, it's just a really good thing to see. So, everyone, there we go, Lucid. And if you want to find out more, check out the podcast. If you missed any part of that, so. With uh, with that being said, I don't think we have time to really get back into computer and technology news, but just some homework so that all of you don't miss out. Uh, maybe tomorrow we'll cover it more in depth because, uh, let's see, as far as I know, I think we're just scheduled to do computer and technology news. But uh, yeah, for anyone out there who wants to do homework, the Samsung Galaxy Note 9, the bigger of the two phones, was announced today. And... Hey, some very, very cool specs, but uh, as we were saying before in the interview, it's very much an iterative upgrade to the Samsung Galaxy Note 8. Uh, let's see, they also announced the Samsung Galaxy Watch. So I really like these because they're smart watches, but they have the watch face of a, well, watch. And I know that seems uh, pretty obvious, but a lot of smart watches miss the mark. So there's that, uh, Samsung Galaxy Home, which we're going to talk about, and the Samsung Bixby Digital Assistant, and if, they, uh, you know, if they've actually fixed Bixby. So all that and more, and 
so uh so all that more everyone computer america thank you so much for joining us and again thank you to lucid our guest for today folks until next time thank you so much for joining us and again tomorrow will be computer and technology news i really want to drive this one next week so next monday and tuesday um if all things go uh, go as planned August 13th and 14th will be No Computer America. We will be running Best Ups. And you can check them out. But we will be back bright-eyed and bushy-tailed on August 15th. So everyone, have a great day. Thank you for joining us. And uh, everyone in the chat room, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for joining us there. And uh, yeah, catch you next time. Bye, everyone. And uh, yeah, 4 p.m. to 5 p.m. Monday to Friday. Catch us here on Computer America. Bye-bye, everyone.